Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is the show where we share cutting edge strategies on acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic. I'm your host, Kasim Aslam, founder and CEO of Solutions 8, and today we're flying solo. It's just you and me. And I'm actually really excited because I'm going to share something from the rumor mill that, to be honest with you, sounds about as real as it can possibly get. Right now, if you're paying for traffic, you are at the mercy of two of the major players, Facebook and Google. And you can go get traffic elsewhere, but really, the inventory is limited. And what that amounts to, that lack of competition puts us at the mercy of honestly, whatever it is that they want to do. As a matter of fact, Google's auction isn't even really an auction any longer. If you, if you look through Google's training literature, they talk about the minimal viable ad spend that they charge for clicks. And it's no longer just based off of competition. It's based off of what Google thinks that click is worth, which, you know, think to yourself just a moment, whether or not you'd ever participate in an auction where the auctioneer is not an impartial third party, but is actually the one that's going to benefit from the close of the auction. So they receive all the profits. They know everybody who's bidding. They know what those people who are bidding are willing to pay, and they know what they make. That's where we are right now with, with Google and Facebook both. But there are, there are rumors that Apple is about to get into the ad game in a really big way. Now, Apple already runs search ads inside of the App Store. And it accounts for about 1% of the revenue. But there's some interesting articles that have come out. Forbes, Bloomberg, CNBC, 9to5Mac, The Hustle. I'm going to include links to all of these in the show notes. And apparently Apple has been doing some really interesting hiring. Apple has been hiring for roles that might indicate that Apple is going to increase its footprint in the ad game. And this is good for us for a billion reasons. And I'm going to walk through e each of the reasons that... that I can see, and then to be frank, there's there's probably quite a bit more that I'm just I'm not even thinking through. So I'd be really interested in what y'all think and any feedback you have for us. You can always go to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better, and that's your opportunity to tell us what we can do better. And then also just give us your input on what it is that you're hearing and other topics you want to hear about. The thing that excites me about Apple entering the ad game is competition is always best for the consumer. And right now, we're in a very low competitive environment when it comes to paid traffic. The traffic that's available and accessible to us has effectively been fixed. The price has been fixed. And if we were to get a third major player into the game, it would put us in a position to benefit from the competition that's catalyzed by their entry. And Apple is they're the single best participant I could possibly think of, single best combatant. I can possibly think of to enter this space in this ecosystem because they originate the traffic. So if you think about all the problems we have with paid traffic, uh, chief among them is attribution. Attribution, tracking, conversion windows, cross-device tracking, session IDs, 
Apple can, it, it can hurdle all of that and it hurdles it with the most valuable demographic. Apple users spend more, they, they tend to be the influentials, they tend to be more affluent. And so even if Apple's data is limited to Apple users, it gives you the opportunity to kind of extrapolate beyond what you're seeing in Apple and potentially, and I'm, you know, there's some limitations to this, but you begin to see the path to purchase that all consumers take. And you'd have the opportunity to see that path to purchase from the source. Google and Facebook both, Facebook more than anybody, is massively limited from a visibility perspective. Because, you know, and, and because of iOS 14, sure, but even before that, Facebook's an app. So before you can access an app, you first have to be on a device. And then you have to be on a, a browser, or you have to visit the app through, through that device, through the OS, and, and then Facebook is now equipped to track. So there's one or two points of separation between Facebook and the end user. Google is better equipped to triangulate. And honestly, you know, triangulation refers to three potential data points. Google might have many more in, in, in order to determine who you are and where you are and what you're doing and where you came from and what are the devices you were using. But they're still, they're still at arm's length with a couple of exceptions. You know, they have the Android operating system, they have Chromebooks, they have some devices, they have some hardware. But, but Apple has created the most cohesive ecosystem in digital existence. If you've got an iPhone, you have a MacBook. If you have a MacBook, you've got an iPad. If you've got an iPad, then you know maybe you have a, a, an Apple desktop computer. Like Generally speaking, Apple users use Apple. They're dedicated. And what that means is as you're changing device, devices, excuse me, as you're, you're traversing throughout your day and you're switching back and forth between devices and as time wears on, and regardless of how long a sales cycle is, when you're exposed to ads, when you're exposed to media, Apple's going to be able to track that. Now, they're not going to admit that, but they don't need to. It's a closed ecosystem. And what this means is we have a viable third option. We have a viable third competitor that enters the space, and they're going to force, I hope, force the cost of traffic down because they're going to steal ad dollars. They're going to steal ad dollars from Google and they're going to steal ad dollars from Facebook. And so I, I want to take this in a couple of different directions. The first and most important is to think about what Apple did with iOS 14. Before Apple got into the ad space, they, they cut their second biggest competitor off at the knees. It was brilliant. It was a brilliant masterstroke in statecraft. So Apple cuts Facebook off. Facebook flounders. And I'm not telling you that Facebook's not viable. You know it is. Facebook still has a massive amount of traffic and it's, it's worth pursuing. But the fact that Apple would take that step first, I think it speaks to the strategy being deployed here, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's genius and, and malicious at the same time. And they cut Facebook off at the knees by not allowing Facebook to track. Here's what's really interesting is if and when Apple rolls out a broader ad ecosystem, bet money, they're tracking. And, you know, I've made this point before where, the, the permission to track doesn't show up on Apple apps. It only shows up on third-party apps. So Apple's still acquiring all of this user data. And more to the point, Apple can utilize data that it receives by proxy. So as you browse, all of your internet browsing is available to Apple. Everything that you do, everything that you log into, every video you watch, every tweet you, you retweet, like it doesn't matter that it's not Apple's app because Apple has the point of origination. Um, it's actually why I think that Facebook is trying to get so knee deep in hardware with the metaverse. It's because they realized they don't own the point of origination, which means 
they're not in control. And so this gives Apple the ability to deliver ads in a personalized way that might outpace any other advertising network. I actually, and this is this is dangerous for me to say because I'm a Google guy. And remember, I don't, I don't love Google, but I believe very strongly in its capabilities. Apple actually has a closer finger to the pulse than Google does in a lot of ways, specifically buying patterns and buying habits. Apple might not have the demographic and psychographic data that Google has, and that could just be that could just be a factor of time. I'm sure it could collect it, but I don't know that that's been the stated intent of the Apple ecosystem. But it has more catalytic data points. And so if Apple were to open up an advertising ecosystem, the ability for Apple to deliver would be massively amplified. So just in terms of where you go to buy your traffic, you know, and again, I'm, I own a Google Ads agency. There's no benefit in me saying this. Although if Apple does open up their ads, I'm, I'm getting straight into Apple Ads. You know, I haven't opened up any other channels because I wanted to be the best at one thing, but this would be way too powerful to pass up. But even, you know, with that said, let's say that I don't do it. This is something every advertiser should look at. This is something every advertiser should look at because I can't imagine Apple not being able to deliver in a massive way especially when it comes to intent-based advertising and affinity-based advertising. Apple knows what people like, what they're willing to engage with, who they are. So it gives you this extremely powerful third option. And in presenting that third option, it also forces the other advertising networks to become more competitive. So I think it could actually it could improve the cost of traffic. And you know, Facebook, the cost for Facebook ads already dropped because of the iOS 14 and, and you know just the supply and demand nature of the fact that Facebook lost so many advertisers. With any luck, we see that with Google too. If there's a massive wave that shifts over into Apple, you know, if, if Google starts seeing really significant losses, even to the tune of a couple of percentage points, that's 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 huge. That's huge. And I think Apple could take much more than that. Then Google's going to be forced to be more competitive too. So Apple, number one, is going to be a very viable source of traffic. Number two, Apple's going to improve on our ability to buy traffic from others because it's going to spur competition. And then this is the third thing that might be, this might be me dreaming. But y'all have heard me say that I think attribution is the next trillion dollar problem. Whoever cracks the code on attribution, I think is really going to be many steps ahead. And there's, there's lots of organizations trying, companies trying. I've been an early stage investor in one. We're actually talking about partnering in a really significant way with another. But all attribution software is going to rely on outside signals. By definition, Apple is going to be able to track attribution from the very first whispers of an exposure all the way through and past the sale because an Apple user stays inside of the Apple ecosystem. So Apple will know when you've been exposed to a message or an offer before you even realize you've been exposed. Apple's going to know when you're problem aware before you even realize you're looking for a solution. And assuming that it capitalizes on these capabilities, and I can't imagine them not, by the way, assuming that it capitalizes on these capabilities and that tracking, Apple's going to have, and this is something that I honestly never thought was possible because I didn't consider, I didn't consider Apple, but Apple's going to have an uninterrupted, unadulterated attribution path that is not guesswork. It's not using signals. It's actually using real data. 
And so that brings me all the way back to the path to purchase. If Apple makes this attribution data available and accessible to us, and I think they would have to on some level because you're paying for the traffic and so they're going to have to show you what you paid for and when. That's going to arm you in every other marketing campaign you run. You're going to learn definitively what works at the top of the funnel, the middle of the funnel, the bottom of the funnel, what works to bring customers back, what works to increase LTV. So Apple becomes the most important marketing sandbox we could possibly have, even if it ends up not being where you spend all of your money for whatever reason. Let's say that you know it's, it's a micro niche, you exhaust the available traffic, whatever. Let's assume for a minute that Apple is much, much smaller than it is. It doesn't matter because it gives you a clear line of sight, and that clear line of sight is priceless, truly priceless. If you can take what Apple tells you and then extrapolate that across all of your marketing campaigns and then use that to influence the money that you spend in Google and Facebook and, you know, and, and, and on and on, right? Like we don't just we spend money on LinkedIn and TikTok and Snapchat and AdRoll and Taboola and Outbrain, but there's no clear path to attribution in any of those. Apple would have a 100% clean attribution path. And I'm going to try not to harp on that point too much because I, I know you get it, but it's really worth meditating on. It's really worth meditating on. Right now we spray and pray. Even the the best agencies with the best data, it's still a spray and pray. And, you know, you have things like Performance Max that have come out and Performance Max might be able to, uh, to define the path to conversion, but it's a black box. That's why Performance Max withholds so much data. With Apple, the hope would be that we get that data. Now the question becomes, where is it that Apple is going to place these ads? And when you read through these articles, they're all really opaque. It's a lot of guesswork. Nobody seems to know. Apple's denying all of this, or at least not commenting on it. Although, again, they're making some pretty massive hires, and there are some insiders that are already speaking to it. But what, what's cool about the Apple ad ecosystem, if, if you allow yourself to dream a little bit, is it's native. It's native. It, it could be integrated into the device level experience. And that's also worth meditating on, because right now, Ads are pictures in a picture frame, no matter how you slice it. Display ads, search ads, video ads, remarketing, discovery, GSP, they're pictures in a picture frame. So somebody, a network, gives you the frame, and you deliver your picture within that frame. And that's disjointed at best. You know, even the best ads, and, and, and they've gotten really good, right, with dynamic display and, and Google's ability to generate ads for a specific placement. It's effective, but imagine a company like Apple that's obsessed with continuity, obsessed with user experience. Imagine what a company like that could make available from an ad perspective. Imagine ads that were built in natively to the user experience. And, and again, this is where my, my lack of creativity probably inhibits my ability to even speak to it. But you, know, you think about the way that you use your iPhone and the way that you navigate. And every button you press, every time you scroll, every app you access, Every action you take, every feature and functionality has the ability to catalyze some level of impression. And if that impression were native, it could even be subliminal. You know, all of a sudden you don't even realize it, but the, the, the button is changing. The icon is changing for the app that you're using. Or, you know, now there's somebody's face in place of a, of a, a loading bar. You know, and, and again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm dreaming here. I'm, I can't tell you that this is what they're building. But what I, what I am trying to say is, Apple's capability of delivering an ad experience is going to drastically outpace anybody else's ability to deliver an ad experience because they can build it in native to your device. It's no longer just a picture inside of a picture frame because, because they're the frame. 
So they get to decide how interactive, how engaging, you know, when it's, when it's placed, how it's used, how it pops. You think about some of the, the notifications that you can get inside of your browser. Um, Apple can do that natively. Apple could actually push ad notifications straight to your phone. I'm not saying they would, but they could. And, and that's just the iPhone. You know, I imagine that's where they will start because that seems to be their sandbox. But then imagine those experiences traveling across all of the Apple devices, MacBook, iPad, Mac Studios. Apple has the ability to create an ad experience that you might not necessarily even recognize as an ad. And that's powerful. You know, that's the type of subliminal messaging that, that could really arm advertisers with the with with indoctrination potential. So I'm I'm really excited about this. I'm really excited about the fact that we actually have a viable competitor. I you know, I, I'm a Google agency and I can tell you that it's it's terrifying to me how much power they have. It's terrifying to me that there's such a strong and obvious monopoly, and there's nothing we can do about it. You know, there's no fix for that. And the only, the only potential fix would be an outside party coming in that can actually compete with Google. You think of five, right? And, and Apple is, is the most viable. You know, there's some other major players that could get into the advertising space. And, and some have tried. Microsoft tried really hard with Bing. They tried really hard with Edge. They tried and they made some headway. They've even regained some ground, interestingly. The other viable party that I think about all the time is Amazon. Amazon has Amazon Web Services. I forgot the data point. It's something like 70% of the internet is hosted by Amazon. And so what that means is Amazon has server-side data. So if Amazon wanted to start delivering ads or equipping an ad network, they don't necessarily have the same display-based inventory that the other advertising networks have, but they sure as hell have a ton of data that they could use. And because it's server-side, you know, if you think about the tennis game that is a, a browsing experience, one player is, is the device, and then the other end player is the server, and everything that happens in between is variable. And so Apple has all the device-based access, but Amazon has 70% of the, the server-based access, if that 70% data point is true. So they could, be, they could be viable entrants into data provision, but they don't have the advertising network available. I mean, they could launch it. You know, they could launch something similar to Google's AdSense, which I would, I would actually really love to see. I would really love to see because Google is, you know, there was this really interesting article that came out. I think it was the, the I think it was New York University or somebody that, that did a study and showed 70 to 80% of the Google traffic they found was, was actually spam or bot traffic. There is a major, massive problem with the Google Display Network, as evidenced by the fact that we, when we run Performance Max for lead generation, we get so many spam submissions. And now we're stuck as the advertisers trying to figure out how to filter those out, when really that should be on Google. Well, if there were other parties in the space, that would put the downward pressure on Google necessary to actually get them to fix it and then charge appropriately. Right now, that pressure doesn't exist. You either spend or you don't. There's nowhere else to go. So other advertising networks entering the space, I think, are going to be huge for us. And Apple being a major competitor to Google, I think, is going to be, I think it's going to be a massive boon to advertisers. So I'm interested. I'm interested if, you know, if Apple launched its ads, would y'all use it? And I'm also interested in who else has heard what, because these are all, you know, rumors, really. It's, it's just a bunch of nerdy marketers pontificating as to what's possible based off of some of Apple's, you know, hiring. We could be wrong. But it really feels like they should be headed in this direction. It's such a missed opportunity for them. And, you know, the fact that advertising only makes up 1% of their revenue. I think that Google's, <laughs> Google's ransom payment to Apple 
to be their default search engine makes up 5% of the revenue or, or something like that if memory serves. So, you know, Apple should be making way more money on ads. And I could see them being a really viable advertising network. So I'm interested in what everybody else says and thinks on this. If you have, uh, if you have any information, please feel free to tweet at me, at Qasem Aslam. And I just got to tell you, I really appreciate you listening, tuning into Perpetual Traffic. We want to be the number one marketing podcast on the planet. So if you have anything that we can do better, information you'd like to hear, other topics you'd like to hear about, go to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. Please don't forget to subscribe. Leave a rating wherever you're listening. Follow me and Ralph on Twitter at RalphHB and at Kasamoslam. Go back and listen to previous episodes. All the resources and show notes are going to be at perpetualtraffic.com. I will talk to you next time. Peace. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic 